God, he found me. Come on. God, he found you. We, get, we come so accustomed to the grace, the mercy. What we have, we get so finical, so critical. So we take the house of God for granted. I love the house of God. I love his house. And always someone asks me, how have you managed to do what you do with family and your kids all love the Lord and follow the Lord? I've never lost the awe of God. I've never lost night he found me come on there it says that in that song it says that in the scripture there's no place for her kind here there's no place for her kind you know what that's what satan tries to tell us before we find the lord there's no place for you you've got no place here you don't belong here but i want to tell you the night he finds you come on and he wraps his arms around you and reminds you and tells you and accepts you and loves you and heals you we have to continue to have that awe of God see when society had rejected me everyone was against me I felt so loved and I felt so alone he met me in that place and he wrapped his arms around me and he gave me a hope for the future and I'll never forget that night that's why it's an altar I love it I love that song because it reminds me the night he found me, it reminds me what he saved me from. It reminds me to never take for granted the life that I have and that I will never have it without him. Come on, you will never have the life that you have without the Lord. It might seem tough sometimes. It might seem hard sometimes. But God never promised us it would be easy. But what he did promise us, he'd never leave us. He'd never forsake us. Come on, when you go through the fire, he says, I'm with you. When you go through the flood, he says, I'm with you. See, that's one thing I know. He has never left me. He's never forsaken me. If you felt God has left you, then you've moved. Come on, you've moved because God never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's a strong, stable God. And I feel like that that's something the Lord is doing as even all the words and the worship that we sang is getting back to that drawing near to God. Come on, where we've become so flippant with our relationship, with our commitment. When you draw near to God, you love his house. You love his people. Come on, they're not perfect, but we love them because he loved us. I feel like God is bringing back that love and that awe for him as we draw near to him. We've moved away. Some of us, we've moved away. Come on. We've moved into our own desires, our own things. Oh, well, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. Well, I want to tell you after 25 years of ministry, I've never watched anybody successively move from the Lord and do good. Ever. Come on. Because when you're in God's purpose, he gives you everything. He does everything for you. That scripture in Mark 14, verse, um, starting at verse 3, this is the anointing. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil. And she broke the flask. See, she was broken. She didn't just open the lid of that flask. Come on. She didn't, those alabaster boxes were so expensive. They were made to carry expensive perfume. Even the box was worth a lot of money. She just didn't say, well, I'm going to be very careful with this little box. No, she broke it open. Why did she broke it? She poured out everything she had to him because she remembered the night he found her. Come on. She remembered what he did for her. She remembered there was nothing. See, her money 
everything she had meant nothing compared to the acceptance and the love that he gave her. Come on, she broke it open and she poured it out on his head. There was such honor for him. See, when we honor God, when we give him everything, when we are broken, come on, when we break our life open for him, you will never, ever, ever, ever be sorry. He gives you back so much more. Come on, when you're hesitant, well, what about my life? Well, I'm telling you, I don't have a life without God. My life has been way more than I ever anticipated and what I ever thought than with God. Come on, when I've got him in my life without him, I know it was nothing. See, I believe sometimes we have to remember what we've come from. If you can't remember, look around. See, when I get around some of the people that I once grew up with, the people that were in my life without Jesus, I look at them and I think I would be just like that. Come on. Don't ever forget what he saved you from, what he's rescued you from. There were some who were indignant among themselves and said, why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And then they criticized her sharply. Surely I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. What are we doing today? Thousands of years later, come on, that song was one of the top songs. It's been sung over and over and over again about the price that this woman paid. Come on, she poured out everything before the Lord and the word of God. Now, come on, one scripture, there was many acts in the Bible that have been done, but they said this would be a memorial to her. And that proves how much God's word thousands of years ago written said it would be a memorial. Why would it be a memorial? Because the act and the pure love she had for Jesus. Come on. She understood who he is. And I believe the Lord is bringing us back into that awe of God. Come on. Never forgetting where we've come from. Never forgetting who he is. Come on. Never forgetting what he's done in us. But more than that, without any gifts, without anything he's given us, just because of who he is. Come on. Just because he found me. Just because he, he, that night, come on, he found me. I remember when I was on a street, I'd just been raped and dumped on the street at 3 a.m in the morning, alarms going off everywhere, wondering if police are going to come and tie me along with what I've just, the horrificness I've just experienced. He was right there with me. I didn't know him right there, but I know then he was with me. Come on. And the night I got saved, I felt his love wrap around me. Come on. And deliver me from the pain and the hurt. So much so, Greg tells a story that when I came home that night, after giving my life to the Lord, he was drunk. And he said that when I opened the door, he could see See, something had changed on my life. He could see the glory and the splendor. Come on. The night he found me, the night he rescued me. Never forget that. Come on. But you know what? It doesn't just end there. You can keep having that awe of God. What I've realized now is we've lost the awe. Come on. A lot of people in the church, why we're having problems is because we've lost that awe of God. We've lost it. Like Pastor Brad said, he is still all powerful. Come on. He is still incredible. He's still a miracle working God. He's still the same God as he's always been. We've lost that awe. We've reduced him to, and I feel like even some of the things, you know, what's happening in our brain. I love social media. I'm all for it. But interesting facts, I think it stops us from actually, it gives us a very short attention span. We're flicking through. (coughs) Excuse me. Interesting. Rebecca and I were having a conversation last week and, um, 
she was telling me that if you're going to look at social media, remember, and I was quite proud of myself because I do do this because a lot of people, uh, people I'm friends with, I don't just gather friends to have 4,000 friends so people can think I'm so great. And there are 3,630 people that I've never met and never known, okay? But they're on my Facebook page because it makes me look great because I, I, I have to know you to be my friend. Come on, that's what it's about, because to me it's about connecting, being with friends, keeping up with all my friends across the world, who's had a baby, who's got married, not just random people I don't know. And if I do become your friend and you speak stuff I don't like, I'll pretty quickly unfriend you. I don't care, this is my world. I can decide what I want and what I want to have in my world. (laughs) Anyway, so what she's saying is that with social media, we need to stop and actually, instead of just thinking, oh, that's my friend so-and-so, whoever it is, think about them. Wow, I love her so much. I'm so happy for what's happening in her life when you see something rather than just flicking through because it's teaching us not to connect. Come on, to have these shallow relationships. Oh, yeah, yeah, so-and-so's done. Let's see who's doing something better. Let's flick through. No, actually stop and pause. Someone's writing a conversation, something of a cheese, read it, look at it, and think about that friend. So there's some connection, but I feel like even with our relationship with the Lord, we've become so short attention span. Come on, we're just flicking through. We see scriptures. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We just want to hear the main point of what the preacher's saying about the scripture. We don't actually meditate and pause on that scripture. Come on, this is one I wanted to, the Lord gave me to pause on. Psalm 66, I don't know if you've got this because it's come when I was praying. Um, Verse 1, it says, shout for joy to the Lord. Shout for joy to God. Come on, think about that. Now when you start reading scriptures, be intentional. Shout for joy unto God. That tells us don't just whisper or hide him. Come on, shout for joy because of the night he found me. Come on, shout for joy for his love when he wrapped his arms around me. Shout for joy because what he's done in my life. Shout for joy that I have an awesome church that I can come to freely and worship every Sunday. Come on, shout for joy that I have the word of God, that I'm able to get to the word of God. Shout for joy that I can worship my God. It says all the earth, sing glory of his name. Come on, never forget as you're reading this, sing the glory of his name. He is glorious. He is wonderful. He is powerful. He is awesome. Come on, he is my healer. Remember over Brave, we were talking about and saying, you know, we are not beggars. We ask God for what he, we need. He says, ask and you shall receive. We don't keep asking him and begging him for the crumbs off the table. No, once we ask him, we then thank him. I thank you, Lord, that I've received this. I thank you, Lord, that my family is whole. I'm not begging for my family. I'm not begging for finances. I thank you, Lord. I've asked you. Now I will receive what I need. I thank you. I am healed in Jesus' name. I thank you that all my house shall follow you all the days of their life. Come on, that's how we become. We pray for something and then we praise him for it. Not beggars pleading him. Come on, there's a timing in what he does. He is glorious. He is powerful. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. How awesome are his deeds. Think what he's done in your life. Come on, think what he's done for you. Think what he's done in your friend's life. He is awesome. How awesome are his deeds. So great is your power. 
So great is his power that his enemies cringe before him. So if you've got an enemy, the power of God is greater and they are cringing before him. But when we're not enforcing God in our life, come on, when we're frightened, when we're fearful, when we're afraid, come on, as we have a mate, so it says, how awesome is that God? His power, come on, his enemies cringe before him, which means our enemies, come on, when we've got enemies, God's power is greater than any enemy that we will encounter. The earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing praises of you name. I love it. I get up early in the morning and the birds are so noisy in the morning. Have you ever noticed they're so noisy in the morning? And Greg said they're like that all day, but it's just the stillness of the day. I believe when I wake up, they're praising God. Come on, they know. They're praising him. They're singing to him because it says all creation will shout his name. Come on, all the birds are praising him. Is even if we don't praise him, then the rocks will cry out. Well, no rock is going to cry out louder than me. Come on, no rock's going to praise God more than me. And then it says, come and see what the Lord has done. That's why your testimonies are powerful. How's it says, how do we overcome the enemy? By the blood of lamb, which is Jesus being saved and what? The power of our testimony. Your testimonies are powerful. The things that you've overcome in your life are powerful. You've got to remember the night he found you. Come on, you've got to remember when he met you. You've got to remember the things that he's delivered you from. Every testimony. If you're a drinker and you haven't been drinking, then that's a testimony. Come on, you might have slipped. As, um, for the guys, they wouldn't know. But as Rebecca was sharing at the women's conference, you know, there's, there's battles that we win, but you will win the war. Come on. And now we're in a season because sometimes when we fight a battle and then we come up again, we feel like, well, didn't I win that? Haven't I defeated that? But sometimes within a world war, there's lots of battles that have to be won before the war is won. See, David fought the lion and the bear before he David a Goliath was the world war. Come on. He took down Goliath and it changed everything. Come on, think about what he has done. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. Think about that. That's not a nice little fairy tale. That's not a nice little made up. Once upon a time, there were some little men who were captive and the enemy was around trying to catch the little men. But their God came and he parted the sea and they walked through it. Come on, it's not a little story. It is fact. It is truth. They're finding today at the bottom of the Red Sea some of Pharaoh's chariots, wheels. Come on, it actually happened. That's the power of our God. Come on, that's the awesomeness of our God. That he's able to part the Red Sea. Greg loves the Ten Commandments. Every Easter, we watch the Ten Commandments. We're getting close. Usually we have our family holiday. We're all together and one by one because it's usually when we're together as a family, it gets late by the time we talk and so we finally put the movie on about 10.30 at night but we all drop one by one by the first intermission. Greg's left. Here I am alone again. <laughs> and so much so that we believe when we get to heaven and Moses comes, we're going to say, you're not Moses. Charlton Heston is Moses. 
That's how much we've watched that movie. But I want to tell you, it's a great movie to watch, to remember the awesome power of God. You know what? He hasn't changed from that power of that God, the part of the Red Sea. Come on, that they were able to lift the sea up. He has not changed. He's still the same powerful God. He wants to walk that powerfully in your life, but you've got to draw near to him. You've got to have that intimacy with him. You've got to have that awe. You've got to have that expectancy that, God, you're going to move in my life. You're going to move incredibly. And Lord, this Goliath that's been in my life, it's coming down. Come on. Once we ask God for something, then we have to prophesy to our enemy like David did. He prophesied to Goliath and Goliath told him what he was going to do to him. I'm going to do this. He's going to laugh at him. You're just a little boy. I'm going to do that. But David ran to him and he prophesied to him and told him he's going to cut off his head. He didn't have a sword, but he said, I'm going to cut off. He used what Goliath coming in and cut his head off. Come on. That's how God. Come on, I feel like he's shifting us. Nothing's going to change in our life. You're going to keep going around that same mountain unless you go higher. Come on, unless you start lifting up, unless you start being in awe of God. I thank you, God. I might be surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I love that song. Come on, I might be surrounded by every enemy, every bit of depression, every bit of fear, but you know what? I'm surrounded by a God that's bigger than my depression. I'm surrounded by a God that's bigger than my fears. I'm surrounded by a God who's more capable than what I am. Come on. Night he found you. Like I said, it's not always going to be easy, but what I've worked it out, the simple thing, it's not easy. Not brain science or a mathematical solution. The battle is between your soul and your spirit. Simple. When you feed your spirit, when you continually, I'm not talking about a super spiritual religious that you know earthly good. I'm talking about someone that loves the Lord, walks in his purpose, reads the word, has a prayer life, is drawn near to God, knows the Lord, come on, is outworking his power and his purposes in his life, changing, touching people's life. Come on, when you walk in that, what happens is every time we feed our spirit, we become stronger and stronger and stronger. Coming to church just once on Sunday is your spiritual fix. You're never, ever going to get whole. Come on, you never, I'm sorry to tell you that, but you're not. It's not enough, come on, because the rest of the six days a week, your soul is ruling. Come on, you're being led. When we go to work, our soul is fed by soulish things, visions we see, people we're around, negativity, come on. But what happens is when you keep feeding your spirit, church is a celebration. Sunday is a celebration to come together and worship him. Our life is about every day walking with him, come on, talking with him. It's not really just like I said, not being a beggar, just telling him, Lord, this is what I need. Take care of it for me. Come on. It's because that's a confidence and assurance. He's got it. You know, when I pray, as soon as I hear the Lord say, I got this, I'm good. Okay. No instructions. I don't have to fast. I don't have to. He's got it. I'm good. And then I thank him for it. I thank you, Lord. It is done. See, you've got to, why? I, I thought about it as this person asked me the question, how have you been on to it? There's no magical formula that I can say, yeah, there's things we put in our family and did that. But at the bottom line is we always had an awe for God. Um, that relationship with him, I've always loved him with all my heart. Remember, 
mighty found me. Come on. I remember what he did. I remember that when I felt like no one else loved me, no one else wanted me. I felt his love wrap around me. Come on. That's why I love worship. I love to thank him. I love to praise him. I love his presence. I love anything where I can grow more in him because what I realize is the more I give to him, you don't lose your life. You gain it. I've gained more than I ever, ever could imagine. I look back and I can't believe this is my life. Come on. I can't believe that he took me from where I was to where I am today. And I'm not finished. Come on. He has fulfilled every wildest dream I can ever imagine. He's given me more than I could ever think. He's blessed me so much. And the price I've paid is nothing compared to what he's given me. Come on. But in the beginning, it's a struggle. Come on. You've got to fight. You've got to push in. You've got to make a decision. Jacob pushed into God and God changed his name. He was facing the most difficult time. I'm not going to go through the whole scripture. But in Genesis 32, this is where God told him, you're going to go back. God gave him a promise. I'm going to give you this land. You've got to go back. He was frightened. He was afraid. He was scared because what this meant was that he was going to meet up with his brother who the last time that he saw was going to kill him. Exactly so. He stole his birthright. He did. What did he do? He pushed into God. Come on. He prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And so much so that God touched his socket. Come on. And he was never the same again. And God changed his name. He changed him from deceiver and liar. Come on. He changed his destiny and he changed his purpose. The answer to everything in our life is pushing into God. Come on. Drawing nearer to him. Drawing closer to him. Never losing that all. How wonderful, how awesome are your works. Come on, how great is our God. When you're reading the scriptures, Lord, I thank you for your awesomeness. The voice of God, come on, the voice of God shatters the enemy. Come on, the voice of God shatters the enemy. In other words, your prophetic words are the voice of God about your life. So when we decree and prophesy our prophetic words, when things are opposite in your life to what God has spoken, and you've got a prophetic promise or a promise that the Lord has spoken to you or the Bible's full of prophetic promises. When we begin to speak God's word out, I thank you, Lord, that my family will be saved. I thank you, Lord, that you are my Jehovah driver, that you're my provider. I thank you, Lord, that you provide my food. I thank you, you pay my rent. Come on. I thank you, Lord, that I am healed in Jesus' name. Come on. The voice of God will shatter the enemy. What's happened is we're listening to the voice of the enemy. Come on. When all the ones round about are saying, she doesn't belong here. Come on. The voice of the enemy will come and tell you God's not going to do that for you. Why would he do it for you? Just be happy. No, no, no. Come on. That's the voice of the enemy. The voice of God shatters the enemy. So when you decree your prophetic words out, when you speak the word of God out, when you begin to prophesy, this is what the Lord says, I'm healed in Jesus' name. This is what the Lord says, that my house. As for me and my household, we shall serve the Lord. Come on. As for drunkenness, you will be gone in Jesus' name. Come on. As for addictions, you'll be gone in Jesus' name. I have a God who will help me. Come on. I have a God who will deliver me. And see what that does is it builds the the spirit up. And so then the soul is eventually starved. And when those thoughts come, they've got no hope. It's like water off a duck's back because the spirit of God is so strong 
and so powerful in you. That's why God puts us through stuff. He wants you to win the war. Come on. He wants you to overcome that stuff. He doesn't want you to stay in that same place. He didn't find you to leave you the same. He found you. He wrapped his loving arms around you. Come on. And he spoke a destiny and a purpose over you before you were formed in your mother's womb. This is what Paul says. I'm going to finish on this. Paul's words in 2 Timothy 1.12. He says, I know whom I believe. I know who I believe in. I know who my God is. I know the awesomeness. I know he's the same God that parted the Red Sea. He's the same God that healed the leper. He's the same God who delivered the blind man. He's the same God who the beggar was sitting asking for alms that he didn't give money to, that he spoke to, and his legs were made whole, and now he can walk. Come on. He's the same God. You've got to remember that because what happens at times when you're going through stuff is your soul will rule and keep telling you and what happens when you're tempted to keep going back to stuff is because your soul is stronger than your spirit come on that's why I said coming to church on Sunday it's great but it just won't be enough to keep you going all the time come on it'll keep you um, with the Lord it'll keep your salvation and but it won't keep you growing you've got to keep growing stronger you've got to have that awe you've got to get that in your life, that God is no respecters of person. Come on, that little woman, she was considered a sinful woman, which most probably meant she was a prostitute. And all the people round about, she doesn't belong here. She's not good enough. She had a revelation. Come on. She remembers the night he found her. Come on. She remembers the love. When he wrapped her arms, she doesn't care any longer. She doesn't care what they think about her. She doesn't care what they're saying about her. She doesn't care because her love for Jesus is bigger than the words round about her. Come on. Her love and what for Jesus is greater than what her past life was. Come on. She knew being a prostitute would have been the lowest of low, but she knew all that. But you know what? She felt a love in her life that she's never felt. Come on. The night he found me, when he wrapped his arms around me, that's able for her then to pour everything back to him. Let's stand this morning. I feel, even as we're going into Easter when he died on the cross, but this is considered Holy Week. But you know what? It's not ho- I feel like when you're walking with the Lord, well, you know, at Easter, Holy Week, well, I've got to get closer, Lord. I've got to do Len or whatever they do. I don't know what people do. Because <laughs> to me, it's every day. Every day, Holy Week, come on. Every day is walking with Jesus. Every day is awe of what he's done for me. Every day. See another facet, another part. You know, I'm never bored with God. You can never be bored with him because there's so much more. You know, that scripture talks about the angels flying around the throne room. Some of you would have heard me say this. And they're singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And when I first read that, I thought, my gosh, is that what we're going to heaven to do? Fly around a room and sing, holy, holy is the Lord. <laughs> For one, I get dizzy. Remember those chair planes? The, the kids, yeah, every now, Greg and I argue, who's going to go on the chair plane? They are the most sickest, dizziest, horriblest thing. If you love them, then good on you. But for me and Greg, both, they're disgusting. We never want to go on, yet the kids always want to go on them. And I thought about that. It's like Greg's is giving the giant drop any day. So flying round a throne room, I get dizzy. Then I realised, 
God gave me a revelation. It's that every time I get to the place where the Lord sits, come on, see another facet of God. They see another part of him that they've never seen. They see another part of his glory. They see another miracle. They see another something they've never seen. So then they begin to cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. You know what? In my life, this is what I've seen. It's an adventure. Every time I think that, wow, that was awesome. There's always another awesome. There's always another something that I never expected, that I never imagined, that I never thought possible. But I know my life would not be that without Jesus, without him in my life. This is not, I hope don't take it as a condemning message because it's not about spending hours. It's not about, well, you're a good little Christian. You pray, you read, you work. No, it's walking in intimacy with the Lord. And we're all at different levels of different places or, or whatever. It's about knowing him walking hand in hand with him every day. Just talking. It's not, it can be just going along and seeing a sign. Wow, thank you, Lord. Yeah, you did that. I see that. Thank you for that rainbow. Thank you for the awesomeness. Or just standing at the ocean and the waves coming crashing in. And you just say, oh, thank you, Lord, your love for me. Come on, crashes over. Thank you, Lord, for the ocean that you made. Walking with him, peace in awe. He wants to, he doesn't want you just to have a, a mediocre, struggling life, still get in the same stuff and mud that you were in five years ago. He's given you power to step out of the mud. He wants you to get out of that place and he wants you to walk in that place of awesomeness. But Satan wants to keep you and say you don't belong. You'll never be any different. Come on, that, that your kind don't belong. God's never going to do anything for your kind. No, no, no. That's the voice of Satan. And you've got to learn to discern and say, I thank you, Lord. I'm not a beggar. I thank you, Lord. I'm in awe of your power, of your awesomeness. I thank you, Lord, for what you've got for my life. Remembering what he's done for you. Remembering. That's why I love that song. It's so real. Might have done nothing for you, but you got your own song. That you can remember what the Lord has done for you. Come on. It's not over. He hasn't finished. Well, there's breath in us. He's still got stuff to do for you. He still wants to grow you. He still wants to do awesome things in your life. So when you get 10 years down the track, you barely recognize who you've become because of the power of God. Amen. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Father, I thank you. You are awesome. I thank you that you are the same God. You've never changed. You're still all powerful. You're still awesome. And Lord, I thank you right now for each one of us. Put such a hunger back in us, even as the worship and the songs. And everything is about drawing near. Father, that we would draw near to you. Put such a hunger in our lives for your presence. Lord, each one of us, come on. God, challenge me with this message because I feel like I can go further. Come on, I can push further. I realize I've become comfortable. I still have got an awesomeness. I still am in awe of him, but I've become comfortable with where I'm at. See, God's doing the same. He's doing it right across the church that we will have such an awesomeness, that we will desire to be in his presence, that we'll have such an awe. When we read the scriptures, we're not just flicking over it, and we're not just reading our daily Bible plan to tick off I've done day 11 without really reading the scriptures, without really meditating. How awesome is our God? Reading the word and meditating 
meditating on it, thinking about the words, the greatness of our God, the Lord, that his voice shatters the enemy. Now, Lord, I thank you that even over this week, Lord, that we will draw closer, we'll draw nearer, that we'll push into you. Father, that we'll want to go further. Lord, I thank you. You put such a hunger in every one of us. And Lord, you never reject any of us. He doesn't reject you. Come on. He never rejects you. Stuff in life you may not understand, but it'll all work out. Don't question God. See, what I found is when things don't work out, we question God. But if you just walk long enough, get the understanding. Come on. You'll see the awesomeness. You'll see the power of God. Now, Lord, I thank you as we're approaching the, resurre- the death and the resurrection. Lord, not just because it's that, but Lord, that we'd have such a desire to know you more. Lord, remind every one of us the night you found us. Lord, give us back that hunger that we will be broken before you, that we'll pour out everything that we have before you like she did, Father God. It doesn't matter how much it costs. See, she didn't think about the cost. All she thought about is being thankful, about loving Jesus. Count the cost. Just think about the love you have for him. She broke open. Have a brokenness before God, wherever you're at, whatever you're going through. Let's be broken and pour out our praise before him. Let's strengthen ourselves. Lord, I thank you, even those ones you've been begging God. Lord, that today you're changing their mentality. They are not beggars. Lord, that they ask and they receive, and now they'll thank you. They'll thank you, Lord, for the family, for the finances, for their health. Lord, to break the addictions. Lord, for their marriage, whatever it is. Get to thank him. You know what? I look at everything that's on the news, all the... The hopelessness, the badness, society, how bad it is, home invasions, people no regard for people, the crime, everything. When you look at all that, it can make you feel like it's hopeless. But I tell you what, I remember that this is the great Southland of the Holy Spirit and that was prophesied. One of the greatest revivals is going to come from our nation and New Zealand. Come on, I remember that. I choose that, Father. I thank you that even though it's getting darker, we are the light. I'm going to burn brighter. I'm going to make such a difference. I thank you, Lord, that even though darkness is around, there's going to be a great revival in our nation. Come on, there's going to be revival in your family. There's going to be revival in your workplace. Come on, don't look at the hopeful. You are the light in the dark place. Now let's give him praise. Thank you, Lord. We love you. You're awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, what a great word. I was just thinking about that night in Kuparu, a unit where it had kind of terracotta tiles, and I'm worshiping the Lord for the first time, and my flatmate was a Brazilian stripper. I remember you know, crazy, right? She'd just led, been led to the Lord the week before, gotten off drugs, everything. And as Julie was preaching then, just going back to that place where the Lord found you, so powerful. To rush that moment. I want everyone just to close your eyes for 20 more seconds. Visually go back to that place. Because what's happening here right now in this moment, the Lord is removing familiarity. He's removing a spirit of familiarity that maybe we've had towards him. 
God, we say today, no longer familiar or too familiar with you. Restore the awe, restore the reverence. You are a God of miracles and you turn lives around. Because of that, God, we're going to forever praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's again show our appreciation to Julie. Great word, powerful word as always.